the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. All right, Craig, thank you. 506 on the Central Coast. It is uh, Friday, January 12th, 2024. I'm Dave Congleton. I remind you, uh, Monday we'll have a best of day for you as Craig and I will have the holiday off. We'll be back on Tuesday. We'll sit down with the general manager of the county airport, find out everything happening there. On Wednesday, it's Dr. Phil Kissel, neurosurgeon extraordinaire. It is a Dave Congleton show, always your hometown radio talk show. This hour, we're very pleased to offer a conversation with the mayor of San Luis Obispo, the Honorable Erica Stewart is in the studio. Mayor, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much, Dave. Thanks for having me. Nice to see you. Were were you doing city business today or were you working at your other job? Both, as as per usual. uh, What was your city job today? What Today, have you been doing? Uh, I was meeting with uh, Jill Bolster-White from Transitions Mental Health Association, TEMA, and also uh, meeting with Derek, the city manager. Uh, we have our monthly update to go over what's happening at the city, what's being accomplished, what's still being worked on, any challenges, and then just kind of gives me the time to ask random questions that have nothing to do with an agenda. And he's coming in in February. That's so what I hear. We'll have a... Part two of the conversation. I love it. Uh, before we get into the city business, I want to give you a chance to mention you're doing a special presentation on Monday. Yes, Martin Luther King Jr.'s um, observation of his uh, uh, birthday. So on Monday, it'll be at the Unitarian Universalist Church at 2201 Lawton Avenue. And that's being put on by the NAACP. So I'll be speaking along with um, quite a few other people. So lo- really looking forward to sharing about Dr. Martin Luther King and, um, of course, his philosophies and where this comes into today. So what are you going to be speaking on? Um, I think really talking about nonviolence, talking about advocacy and activism, uh, you know, the I have a dream and talking about, you know, what that dream is and why we're still fighting it today and what we need to continue to do to protect civil rights and um, make sure we have equal access for people. Let's tie that in if we can, please, because I know you've been very passionate and interested in the DEI, the diversity, equity, uh, whole movement. Yes. Um, So... What kind of progress are we making in San Luis as we approach Martin Luther King Day? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, one, we have our strategic plan that we brought to the council in a few meetings. I'm not sure the exact date right now. Um, but Nestor... Um, Velos Pasalagua, he is the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Manager, and he's really put together all of the different task force recommendations that we had from the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Task Force and put it into action as far as work plans and what can we do going forward. We've um, He's been really involved in asking the community and continuing the community with what's working, what's not working, based on what we've been doing in the last couple of years. And I think we have um, some really great opportunities to continue to feel out what it looks like as far as success. Think we're making progress? I think we are. I, another example I'd point to, I understand we have a new director of the Downtown Association. We do. Talk Le- about her. Labrin Harris, uh, I'm I'm so thrilled. I believe she starts her new job on Tuesday as the new executive director. I was uh, sad to see Bettina Swigger go. She's right. a wonderful woman. And at the same time, really excited. Uh, Labrin Harris has 
a wonderful way to bring the private sector corporation uh, talents that she has, the knowledge and expertise in with our local community. She's been part of this local community for a long time, a Cal Poly alumni. Her husband grew up here um, and their children grew up here. So really invested in this community as a family, as well as um, for the businesses. But she also reflects the diversity that you're trying to embrace. She does. She happens to be an African-American woman as well. Um, and, you know, I think that's one of the challenges challenges as we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion is I want to make sure we're not hiring people based on just labels. Um, we're really looking at who's the best person for the job. And that is really important to me as we look at what is DEI. It's not about, um, I think, kind of the old style thought of uh, quote uh, quotas. Right. It's not affirmative action. No, it is not. In any way, shape, or form. No, it is talking about how do we include people and who's missing. Mayor Erica Stewart, help yourself. Mayor Erica Stewart on this broadcast talking about everything happening in the city of San Luis Obispo. Your phone call still to come. So let's just hit some of the issues, Mayor, that uh, we agreed to in advance. Yes. One, uh, here we are a year later after these dreadful storms. I'm looking mm. at the press releases. It seems like we're better prepared this time. Absolutely. I think, you know, it's a hundred year storm, right? So uh, the hundred year floods, we've had many storms, of course, in El Nino and La Nina storms. But this January 9th of last year was quite a storm. So really excited about the work that our staff has done. It is amazing. Over 190 projects that were storm related have been completed out of a little over 200 uh, projects that need to be completed. So that is exciting. We just had a ribbon cutting over at San Luis Drive because San Luis Creek washed out uh, quite a few or quite a bit of the road during the last big storm. And um, in less than a year, all of this work was done, completed. Uh, there's a bench that will be added on top so people can just kind of hang out and look at the creek. Um, but the nice part about it is it's, you know, over 1,700 tons of rock were brought in. This 1,700? Yes, yeah, 1,700 wow. tons. Yeah. And, you know, back to DEI, um, who was here before us is the Chumash. Um, so we have the Yachtichu, Tichu, Yachtilhini, and the Northern Chumash tribe were giving advice to the city as far as what they found in the creek and making sure that the riparian areas um, – we're not going to destroy anything that should be here. So just really looking at how do we how do we protect people from now and for the next hundred years. Other thing I want to bring out is what happened uh, Tuesday night at the city council meeting. It looked like it was a unanimous vote about Shoe Palace. It was a consent agenda item. Yes, and you know I think. Um, I think this is another moment we were able to lead by example a little bit. When we look at our vacancies, um, some of our larger property owners in the area or that have or property owners that have larger space, it's up to them as far as what they want to rent or sell their spaces at. We as the city um, don't get to make that decision for them. And I think most property owners are happy about that. Um, and for us, when Shoe Palace came to Jamestown, Jamestown came to us and said, because of economy and where it's at right now, Shoe Palace either needs to have a lower lease uh, agreement or they need to leave. And for us, we see, obviously, if you have a business of that size occupying the space, we're going to see better economic development and better um, access for people into businesses locally downtown. Yeah, but you just said that um, you don't want to get involved in setting rents or telling landlords about rent. But what is your role in terms of communicating with business leaders, sending them some kind of message. Yeah, so I think we just talked about the Downtown Association and LeBrin Harris being the new executive director. One of the things about the Downtown Association is we work with them to say, 
what's going on well with the businesses, what's not going on well. There's committees, there's a board, there's um, advisory task force. And for us, we look to them to say, what do you need as our help in the city? We also look to the Slow Chamber of Commerce. They have the majority of businesses in our community and say, again, what's working well, what's not working well. Uh, of course, as an elected official, I welcome anyone coming and, and talking with me, you know, at the city hall or if we have a meeting, you know, coffee meeting like we had with Jill today. Or, um, you know, if you want me to come down to the store, I'll check it out. I've always said I am open to what are the challenges you're having and how can we help? We're, we're policy setters. We do the policy. So what priority do you give the whole idea of economic development, particularly in the downtown? Because I know you hear a lot about the empty Ross and Beverly and California Pizza Kitchen. Sure. Well, right now, I mean, the, the interesting part about that is we... Um, we have an economic development manager, and this is economic development and downtown vibrancy is one of our top major city goals. And um, Lee Johnson, you may know him, he uh, retired in December, and Molly Kano took, her, took his spot. So really excited about that. She has been a fabulous fabulous um, employee helping get events happening and tourism and now she's moving into the forward of economic development. So now we'll be hiring uh, someone else to take her old role and one of the main focuses for them will be focusing on vacancies. Uh, Mark Burns, a local commercial uh, realtor was here earlier in the week and he said the challenge is you need to take those bigger spaces and divide them up into smaller spaces to make them more appealing. I, I agree with that. And that's, again, you know, I, I can't take someone else's house and divide it up into condos for them. But I think it's the same concept with the property owners. It's their, it's their building. So if they wish to uh, split that up, that would be awesome. If they don't, that's up to them. I think that what we saw as the city was, you know, when staff recommended, yes, let's go with this lower lease, it was a uh, lower lease price. It was because Trying to get someone to lease this large space is very difficult. Yeah. If they were to split it up, they probably would have had better success. I mean, realistically, Mayor, do you see larger companies wanting to come into this downtown or any downtown right now, given the uncertainty of retail? Yeah, I mean, look at San Francisco, look at the yeah. Bay Area, look at L.A. People are not excited about office space at this point. People are trying to work remotely. There's online businesses. Uh, you know, I think whether it's living and, and the flexible density bonuses we've been um, allowing for housing, people are looking for smaller spaces, whether it's for living or for working. Uh, we're in conversation with Mayor Erica Stewart. We're going to come back and chat some more. Still to come, we'll take your phone calls and read your text messages. All that straight ahead on today's edition of the Dave Congleton Show. We will welcome your phone calls for the mayor after news at the bottom of the hour. Meanwhile, the Stolberg text line, uh, question number one, actually, it's a comment. How refreshing. Nice to have a mayor that will come on the radio and be available for interacting and responding directly to the people. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really want to be available. That was one of my main goals in running. The mayor has always been available, even when she was just a lowly city council person. You've <laughs> always worked well with the media, and we appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, second text on the Stolberg line. This is Chuck. I guess he's got a question here. What's with the plastic-covered fields and Quonset hut-like poles going up on the frontage road of San Luis Development? So I'm guessing it's one of two things that he's talking about. One, in that area, we were required and desired to keep ag. Um, so we have uh, some crops, some blueberries, raspberries, et cetera. They're growing in those hoop, hoop um, yeah. 
structures. And it's then, not cannabis. Yeah, no, it's not <laughs> cannabis. Definitely no. Uh, and then on top of that is we have um, a barn where we have some restaurants, a pub. I believe it's like Paso Robles Brewing Company, strangely enough, is coming down there. Uh, I went to a fun day. We got to check out some of those restaurants. 201 Kitchen was passing out there. Handheld, nigiri, uh, sushi, delicious. And then uh, they're going to be having the hotel there, a wedding venue. Uh, I believe it's going to be Negranti's Creamery, uh, a pizza place. So really great food so options. All we'll need is the Prado Road overpass. Have, yes. any, have any news on that? Yes. Any news? Right now we're focusing on the Prado Street Bridge. That's where okay. we got the funding for. So, uh, you know, we do hope uh, that we can see that. Is that the overpass? Over, that's the no. The bridge is kind of, I guess, in a sense, the start to the overpass in the future. Oh, okay. But it's really widening. Have you ever been on Prado Road between South Higuera and the ramp where it goes really, really narrow? Yes. So that's going to be broadened, so it'll be smoother for uh, cars, for bikes, for pedestrians, all to be able to get um, through that whole Prado Road. Let's talk for a minute about what the city has been doing to support local businesses and restaurants during the holidays, and now January is uh, Restaurant Month. Yes, I'm so excited. Economic development, as I mentioned earlier, is one of our major city goals. And so what we saw be successful after coming out of COVID was a buy local bonus um, program. So what we did is we um, took money out of the general fund budget and we purchased gift cards from local businesses. Local businesses said, yes, I want to be part of this program. Great. So uh, the Chamber of Commerce managed the process. We had a ton of people come out and um, show their receipts to show that they purchased from local items. And I believe we had about 125000 that we put into the businesses, and that funded almost a million dollars worth of revenue back into the community from local local communities. Repeat so, that, please. That's pretty impressive. Yes. Only $125,000 we invested into the community, into the businesses, and the community shopped locally and almost spent a million dollars. That is amazing. So we're really excited also to continue this same kind of concept. And I don't know if you remember California Restaurant Month. Well, no. Okay. Well, one of the things about everyone goes shopping and everyone spends all their time. And then all of a sudden, January, everyone stays home. Dry January, don't spend any money. Well, we want to really encourage people to go out and visit the local restaurants because they still need your business. So we are similarly, we purchased um, gift cards. So when you go out and eat, uh, save your receipts, bring them into the Chamber of Commerce, and you'll get a $25 gift card to a local restaurant. I told you when we set this up, I don't want to belabor the parking issue. Uh I know know. you've heard a lot about that. But but two relevant questions. Number one, I understand that you're waiting on the results of a study. Yes. So we'll have a parking fee study come in April. So they'll look at parking rates, of course. They're going to compare um, us to comparable communities, as well as we gave some guidance as to other things to look at. And who's doing the study, Mayor? Uh, A consultant that is familiar with Somebody who does this stuff all the time. Yes, they're, they're experts in it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't ask any of us to try to you and I to start doing that. All right. Then the second point of it is just looking back, particularly in the last six months. Any lessons learned about how this issue is handled by the city? Anything you would do differently if you had to do it again? Communicate. Are you sticking to your guns? Communicate, communicate, <laughs> communicate. I think uh, you know, similar to a real estate, they say location, location, location. I think um, one of the most difficult parts is. There is so much going on in every single person's life, 
and they're really not paying attention to um, our every other week agendas. And I fully understand that. Uh, I also really encourage people to um, be involved. If you are a business, be involved in the Downtown Association, the Chamber of Commerce, our economic department. There's uh, e-notifications that you can get straight to your email that say what's happening. And depending on what you're interested in, there's well over 100 different topics that can be sent to you in your email, as well as social media. And then again, hey, invite us. We'll come to your local um, neighborhood, your coffee clutch, whatever it is, and uh, let's talk about what's going on. Were you surprised, though, by the backlash? From some sectors? A little bit, I have to say, because when we look at uh, the taxes, and that's what we have as a tax revenue to say if, if people are doing well year over year, uh, not well, whatever it might be. Um, and there's, you know, there were some complaints about the two hour maximum. And the interesting part about that is the two hour maximum came a long time ago from businesses, local businesses right downtown, because what was happening was employees or business owners were just parking their car downtown so visitors, customers couldn't come and visit their restaurant or their store. So really we had that to our max because that's what the community wanted, uh, the business community wanted. So if they want to change that, really it's it's let's get a swell of all of the businesses and talk about what are the pros and cons of that, the data around it. We try to make decisions based on data and um, this evidence-based choices that we make are for the best of all the businesses. Uh, let's... Uh we're not going to be able to get through the whole conversation before the news break, but let's remind folks that you have a homeless point count coming up and you're looking for volunteers. Yes, thank you so much. We have the point in time count coming up. Uh, I believe it's on the 23rd. Today is the last day to sign up, so please sign up if you have any interest in helping out. Um, and then tomorrow, I believe, is the last day for the training, and I'll be going through the Zoom training myself tomorrow, and I'll be I'll be um, out counting people as well. And the reason this is so important is many years ago, uh, one of our presidents said, okay, well, we need to figure out how to give out money to the different states and cities and counties and continuum of care. How do we do that? We have to know how many people we are serving. So if we don't get to count how many people are out there, we can't tell them we need this much money to take care of the services we need. It's like a, a census count in yeah. some ways. Yeah, it really is. Census of people who are unhoused. What day are we doing this, Mayor? This um, is on the 23rd. How do people sign up? You can sign up. If you go right to our website, you can sign up. If you go to the county website, you can sign up. Um, we really try to make it as easy as possible. Right. And, that, and I say our being slowcity.org or county being slocounty.gov. We are in conversation with the mayor of San Luis Obispo. Erica Stewart is here for the hour. We are off to California Headline News and ABC Radio News. Craig updates us with time saver traffic and weather together. Then we'll welcome your phone calls and read your text messages for the mayor and uh, find out what else is happening here in the city. Plenty of my list. I bet you have questions too. All that straight ahead on today's edition of Hometown Radio. Happy Friday. Good to be with you. If you're just joining us, our guest for the hour is the mayor of San Luis Obispo, Erica Stewart, reporting directly to you about what's happening with the city, 
also here to answer any questions you might have. Feel free to join us, 805-543-8830, or check in toll-free at 800-549-5832. Also glad to read your text messages. We've got Laura in San Luis on KVEC. Hi, Laura. Hello. Hi. <laughs> um, I just wanted to um, thank... Mayor Stewart and the city council and the staff of the city for all they did to support um, downtown during the holidays. Thank you. You know, specifically, um, I'm with Humankind Fair Trade. Oh, yes. And specifically, um, you know, the buy local bonus was great. We've probably had half of those already turned in to our store um, that were purchased, and that was great. We really appreciated the parking breaks that we got, especially (laughs) that Sunday um, free parking. And, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention all the funds that you have helped um, Downtown Slow um, to provide a lot of the aesthetics that we all enjoy during the holiday season. So I just wanted to say thank you. Mayor, <laughs> thank you we so really much. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Laura. We, we really wanted to make sure we could activate downtown, um, obviously during the holidays and during all of COVID, uh, all year long during that time, really trying to get people to come downtown, shop, eat, whether they were trying to distance or whether they're trying to be close to each other, you know, wanted, wanted to do that. And I, I love during the holidays when we have the giant ornament and Santa's house and the carousel and um, the fun lights with the music. Music, so really, really loved doing all of that. Laura, anything else you want to say? Um, no, that was it. I just really wanted to thank them, and um, you know, we we appreciate it as downtown businesses. That's nice of you to call and say, Laura. Thank you very much. Thank what, you. What is the status of the parking now? It's free and parking structures on Sundays. Yes. Yeah, so on Sundays, every single Sunday, it's free. Yes, we had our twelve free days of parking during the holidays, but now um, we have it always on Sundays. Has the deadline passed for gift cards? It has passed for. Um, small business, but the restaurants are wide open. Because it's restaurant month. Yes, restaurant month. 805-543-8830-800-549-5832. Jeff is in San Luis. Hi, Jeff. Hi. Happy New Year, Madam Mayor. Nice to hear from you. Happy New Year, Jeffrey. What about me? Dave, (laughs) I I wished you Happy New Year several times, Dave, and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, Jeff. We're all well. We're good. What's up? Uh, Madam Mayor, my my question is this. Uh, There's a lot of controversy that has been going on, as you've been talking about, with the raising of the parking rates, with uh, I believe they should be free myself to entice people to come in. But other than that, there's an awful lot of people that have voiced their opinion very much about being upset with the new bicycle lanes that we're seeing on uh, Choro that they feel are dangerous, as well as the situation with, like we said, the parking rates going up and a lot of this going on. Ma'am, do you feel that not so much the voice, but the will of the people is actually being carried out as they would want to see it over the majority here. And let me piggyback on that. How on earth do you decide the will of the people? 
It's a great question, Dave. You know, I, I think um, we have 48,000 people in the city that live here. We have, I think it's uh, 30,000 vehicles that come in and out of the city every day for work, as well as all of the tourists. Um, so we have a lot of different people with a lot of different voices. And I think that we tried very hard during the most recent parking discussions to figure out what would be the best options and compromise. Um, yes, I would love for everything to be free in the world 100%. But realistically, um, everything does have a cost to it. Um, it, it there is um, for services. One of the things about parking is it's its own small business. It's what in public sector world we call an enterprise fund. So we have to make sure that whether it's the parking staff, whether it's the structure, whether it's the stripes on the road, whatever it might be, it's paid for. And so trying to come to a compromise where we um, brought in the 12 days of holiday free parking, we brought in the Sundays going forward, we brought back the one hour free in the parking structures. So really trying to help people get access. And we we also have validation codes so that people want to um, help their customers, whether it's a retail or a restaurant, validate parking. They can help their customers for free. What about Jeff's concern about the bike lanes? Oh, yes. I mean, I think one of the most important things is we are trying to make sure that people can get around our community safely, whether that is rolling or strolling. Um, and I think that when we talk about education, one of the things I'd love to always see is more education out as far as what these bike lanes mean. I know that our staff is working hard on videos to put out in social media. And I think we need to figure out, you know, even more ways to get out more education about how to use roundabouts or lanes or the, the new curbs in the middle. And I think one of the challenges that we've heard a lot recently has been around lanes that are in the middle of construction. And of course, anything in the middle of construction is not exactly safe and ready to go. So really trying to figure out how do we help people know cones, reflective tape, whatever it is to help people know, hey, be safe. What else, Jeff? Do you believe, ma'am, that our city manager is the main influence for city council and yourself for the decisions in the voting that is being done? I believe the community is the main voice. Um, we have a lot of conversations, whether it's an email or text or social media. Um, we have a, a, quite a few surveys that go out every single year about different topics. And of course, our um, budget forecast every two years and really doing that community workshop and um, many other surveys as well to go along with that. So really, we look at what is the community telling us and we bring that forward to staff and we say, how can we help uh, make things work? Jeff, I appreciate the call, but elaborate on that, Mayor. What's the relationship between council and city manager? Who's setting policy? The city council sets the policy, the five of us, the mayor and the city council. Uh, all of us as council members and mayor have the same vote, and um, that is one, one vote. And then um, we give that to the city manager and the city attorney. They're the appointed officials. And then from there, they manage the leadership and the rest of staff to get things done. 805 800-549-5832. Mark is in San Luis. Hi, Mark. Hi. Uh, Hi. Mayor, question for you. What about district voting? A lot of us would like to see representation in our own neighborhoods. We believe that that would give us some uh, bit of equality and representation versus uh, Cal Poly swinging the vote for a all, because we have all progressives on the council and there's, there's just no diversity at all. What are your thoughts on that? 
Hi, Mark. Um, thank you. You know, one of the things that we've recently had was the California Voters' Rights Act, and that has been the most recent discussion around the districts, is how do we help marginalized communities have the access, equal access to voting? That's what the California Voters' Rights Act is for. So when we've been um, talking about district voting, that's what the connection has been. So I, I think that, you know, the most important way to get out your voice is making sure that you personally are voting, you are in endorsing people, you are encouraging people to run that you believe have your also values. Um, and then, you know, we have things like the Community Academy is coming up at the end of the month. Um, and that's, I think it's about a six to eight week program program that the city puts on to teach people how to run for off, not run for office, but what happens at the city. And so they're really educated when getting ready to run for office. Sounds like you're not in favor of district voting, though. Well, I'm not necessarily in favor or not in favor. I just want to make sure there's some clarity around what's actually being discussed. The district, um, the district voting is around the California Voting Rights Act. That's the discussion right now. Mark? But the way it is now, it's clearly advantageous to the progressives the way the voting is set up. Because if it went to district voting, you're going to have more representation per neighborhood, which a lot of us in neighborhoods don't feel we have representation. Well, you know, I, I am I am sorry that's the feeling and I and I really want to make sure that we have more of your voices at the the table. So if there's, you know, like I said, if, if you would like myself or any of the other council members to come and hear more about what's going on and have some education around um why some of us have voted in the ways we have, I think that's really important. Um and I think the other part of this to understand is when we say well it's progressive, well the majority of uh the city of San Luis Obispo is on the more liberal side, so it does make sense. You're going to have more people on the more liberal side that are in the council. Mark, thanks for the call. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Otherwise, I would ask the mayor to comment on the news story yesterday, because we're just talking about the homeless situation. The Ninth Circuit Court just yesterday, Mayor, as you know, found that San Francisco was criminalizing homelessness in violation of their constitutional rights. The court also reaffirmed that in instances where uh, government legally removed homeless from the streets, their belongings, etc., identified and stored. So they upheld a ban on homeless encampment sweeps. What's your reaction? You know, I think one of the most challenging issues in our community has been housing and homelessness. And there has been um, issue or sorry, decisions based in this grants pass as well as um, the Martin versus Boise in Idaho around if there's not housing for an individual that they can be anywhere in a public space. And there's some limitations as to what anywhere in a public space really means. And I think also there's public health and safety for the person who's unhoused as well as the person, as well as, as, well as the space that they are next to. Um, one of the things that I've seen in some of these encampment conversations is um, staff going to an encampment and seeing propane and um, 
issues that would cause fire right next to someone's home or in the middle of a dry spot of the creek. And one of the things they want to make sure is they take out that propane from the middle of the creek so they can keep the people's homes safe, the person who's unhoused safe, and the creek safe. So there's there's always a balance as to how do we keep people safe and at the same time, how do we have people find a place to live? One of the things that I also know is that we have a housing uh, homeless services center over at 40 Prado and there are some wonderful caseworkers there that are able to help people find housing. Um, housing doesn't necessarily mean a whole house to someone's self, of course. Um, and really looking at with this being, um, with this being a most recent decision, there's not enough time yet to really have gone through it all. So I, I also want to look and see what else is what else is part of that conversation. I kind of circle back. I asked you about your relationship with the city manager, but what about with the police chief? Is it Chief Scott that is setting the policy about dealing with homeless within the city, or is he following the mandates of the city council? How does that work? So we have um, a homelessness strategic plan that we went through just shy of a year ago. And um, so all of the policies are based on that strategic plan. And we tried to align our strategic plan with the county strategic plan because the county is the continuum of care. So they manage the behavioral health, sub substance abuse, social workers. Um, we partner up with nonprofits, profits such as um, Community Action Partnership, Slow County, Cap Slow, or um, um, why am I blanking? Tima, Transitions Mental Health, and we work with them to try to help with our social workers. The police chief has um, been working with our community action team as well as uh, community service officers. So our community action team is police officers with social workers, our fire department. We have a new chief there as well, Todd Tuggle, and they have the mobile crisis unit, which is a fire, um, I'm sorry, an EMT and a social worker. So really trying to feel out how we can help the person who is unhoused as best as possible so we can get them into services um, and into housing in a quicker manner. We are in conversation with the mayor of San Luis Obispo, Erica Stewart. We'll come back for a final segment. We're live. We're local. This is Hometown Radio. All right, we are in conversation with the mayor. If you want in, we need to hear from you now, please. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Scott's in San Luis on KVEC. Hi, Scott. Hello, Dave. Hello, Mayor. Hi, Scott. Hello. Well, I got a comment. I'm going to make a question, Mayor. Um, I, I brought this up before. I called the city to get data on the parking that was lost from the Slow Hotel on Monterey Street, and then the other hotel behind Mother's. It was a total of 150 poor parking spaces. Um, now we're building the parking garage, which is roughly $57 million. And I'm finding out today from a neighbor that the city spent $6 million on removing, or, or, or yeah, removing the added bike lanes and uh, lack of parking on the right side of uh, Chorro and Broad Street. I'm questioning... Uh, wait, wait, stop, Scott, stop. We go, go back up. The city spent $6 million on what? On the on the Choro and the Broad Street construction for oh. the elimination of the parking. Okay. I and no. So, you know, that was $6 million. Um, I, I, I'm just trying to find out, was that necessary to spend that money when you need a whole lot of money to build a parking garage? Thank you for the question. I'm... 
not sure of the absolute correlation other than there's parking discussions and bike discussions. So the Northern, the North Toro Greenway was really uh, about helping provide safe ways to school and work and play from different parts of our community to that end of town over off of Foothill. One of our goals is to make sure that every aspect of our city is able to be accessed easily, whether you're walking or you're strolling. We did have about $6 million in grants, and that was for the safe route to school. So I think that might be what you're sharing yeah. about. <clears throat> then as far as the parking structure, I'm just going to give you this example. Um, Twenty, Almost 21 years ago, I opened up a baking business across from the, um, across from this, the courthouse. And when I opened that business, um, I was almost pregnant with my child. My child is now 20 years old. Mm. We are now finally breaking ground on something that was supposed to have been, been started back then. So this is, um, this is a structure that has been asked for a long time by the businesses who are on the west end of town is that there was just nowhere for people to park in mass on that end of town. So that end of town was constantly um, rotating out of businesses because people could not park near the business. Scott? So I got word from a, a business uh, yesterday, and this business is not giving, making a public statement, but I had a conversation with them. Um, it's a business that we all know, and they are leaving the downtown. They're going to a place where there isn't a parking issue. Um, so I'm, I'm just wondering, Mayor, uh, how many businesses would it take to close to recollect that this is something going wrong? In other words, I'm hearing people on the radio, and I'm hearing just people locally that they want the roads back. And, and I know you're talking about Greenway. I know you're talking about alternative transportation. But if they're not being used three years down the road and we start seeing they're still not being used, is there ever going to be any money put aside to maybe think, okay, we made some wrong decisions. We might have to bring some things back to, to bring to bring back some of the, uh, the transportation back. So I'm All right, we'll, we'll talk about that, Scott. Thank you. So I, you know, I appreciate that, Scott. I think, you know, there are people that come and go from the downtown and we, we, as we talked about earlier with economic development and different programs we've done, we really want to help businesses succeed downtown as well as throughout our entire city. Sometimes downtown is the right place for someone. Sometimes it's not. We had um, 37 new businesses open downtown and 21 of the storefronts have closed downtown. So when I think about, you know, what's working well, what's not working well, we are continuing to see people excited about being downtown as a business. And I want to help people who want to be downttown be more successful. But do we know if they're the same amount of employees or are I they don't know smaller off the top of my head. businesses? I can definitely find out. I'd just yeah. be curious about that. Yeah, that's a great question. Scott, thank you for the call. We have a couple of minutes left for the mayor. I promised you a chance to promote the perfect pairing. Yeah, so the perfect pairing is, you know, today starts, uh, you know, January 12th, starts the perfect pairing, and we are supporting uh, 40 local restaurants who wanted to be part of that. So really, again, back to restaurants and California Restaurant Month going away. How can we help our local restaurants succeed? So there are many places that are um, being part of this. I would really encourage 
encourage you to check out our website at slowcity.org. And um, just one example is the Bear and the Wren downtown. Uh, they're over by the Creamery, and they're offering winter gems, which is a little gem salad and a Napolitan, Napolitan I can never say that word, Napolitan-style broccolini and sausage pizza, Luna Red, Betas, uh, 201 Kent, uh, Kitchen Slow. There's so many people on there, and I just really encourage you to um, go downtown, enjoy the restaurants locally. Is that on the city website? It sure is, slow, slowcity.org. All right. I, I must squeeze in this last question because it's my neighborhood. What are you considering for South Higuera? Are you really considering going down from two lanes to one? You know, there is. And a- how do I stop you from doing that? <laughs> There is a great um, there's great part on our website that shows all of the different capital projects that we're looking at. One of them is a complete streets project and talks about um, reducing speeds to help with safety, which is good. Um, yes, and sometimes it's about reducing. Um, um, sorry, blanking here. Reducing um, lanes, for example, part of Johnson, the lane reduction happened so that we could slow down the speed. It has really helped in people be able to cross the street, get to school, uh, as well as um, cyclists be able to cycle safely. In addition, though, when there's certain parts that need to be wider because of the businesses, they are making sure to do that as well. So it's part of the discussion, and I think we'll be uh, hearing more about the Capital Improvement Pro- Project program and seeing what's going to be staying on the program. When might that come up before the council? Uh, I believe we're going to be looking at that before June. So as far as the capital improvement project plan and what's going to be staying on it and what's not. So you might want to um, uh, check in then. And I can also get that back to you. I appreciate that. Mayor, we so appreciate your time. I got about a minute left. What do you want to say to our listeners as we wrap this up? You know, I just also want to say on February 10th, it is uh, the Lunar New Year. And uh, we'll be seeing in our older uh, Chinatown area of the city, uh, the Mr. Chong's candy candy store uh, sign is going up. This is a restored sign. I've heard stories about that. Yeah, it's really cool. I've really been enjoying seeing a bunch of um, history come back and be part of our downtown. And I just really encourage people to come down and check it out on February 10th. Should I leave town on St. Patrick's Day? You're going to protect me. No, you know, I would stay in town. We have an increased safety enhancement zone. Uh, we're actually doing two weekends before and two we- and, and the weekend of St. Patrick's Day, and we will be um, having double or triple fines depending on how what you're doing. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mayor, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Off we go. We've got news, traffic, weather, 6 o'clock hour features a conversation with Gary J. Freiberg. Stick around. You're listening to live local hometown radio. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.